Welcome back to another episode of Trust Me or Wrong by Robert Kersey. Today, we're going to keep going on with a new series that I'm starting. Uh, it is What You Don't Want to Hear. I dropped volume one of that a couple days ago. Um, we're going to start volume two today. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, we have eight things here so I'm not going to keep you long we're going to get through them, we're going to talk about it um, but we're gonna, like I said we're going to talk about it but uh, we're going to take our time a little so first thing on here, what you don't want to hear keep in mind, this is what you don't want to hear Kobe Bryant is six and 16 versus LeBron James all time. Now, Kobe's teams back in the day, when you think when LeBron came into the league, 03, 04 season, Kobe was still having a dominant team. But after that, no more dominant teams until 08-09 and even in 08 and 09 and 10 and then 11 probably after 11 no after 12 it got comical whenever LeBron played Kobe Um, Kobe averaged 24 5-5 um LeBron averaged 28, 7, and 7 against Kobe in that time. So, I mean, hey, they used to go back and forth all the time uh, when they were um, playing against each other. I just think that a lot of people think that Kobe dominated LeBron when they were going up against each other in their prime. That's why we wanted to see a Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. Like, imagine if we would got that in 2010 or 2009, bro. Come on. Or even, even though I quickly lost hope in 2013, um, we could have got a LeBron versus uh, Kobe in the finals in 2013 if if the Lakers were right with Dwight Howard and, and Pau Gasol and Steve Nash and stuff like that. Um, the next one on here is the Marcus Cousins would be the best center in the league if he didn't get hurt. All right. So as everyone knows, I love basketball reference. Let's bring up Boogie. Bring up Boogie. Boogie, his year in his year in New Orleans, where him and Anthony Davis were thriving together, looking like Tim Duncan and David Robinson of the new era. Boogie was averaging 25 points per game with 13 rebounds, uh, 5.4 assists, 1.6 steals, 1.6 blocks. Jesus. Shooting 47 from the field. 35 from the free uh, from the three and 74 from the free throw line. Demarcus Cousins can dribble the ball, play mate, play create, create his own shot, 
post up, mid-range, three-pointer, pass the ball. Anything you ask, DeMarcus Cousins can... And DeMarcus Cousins is also an underrated defender. I think he would have... When he got to Denver, I think that always made me laugh because if he was fully healthy going up against Jokic, I'm sorry. I don't even, I don't know if Jokic would have been in conversation for MVP because they would have been like, well, DeMarcus Cousins doing the same thing. And granted, DeMarcus Cousins really should still be in the league. Um, because after he tore his ACL um, in with Golden State and he didn't play well, with the Lakers at all with the, when he was with Houston Clippers, Milwaukee and the Denver Nuggets he had, he didn't average anything less than 7 points per game and that's, a, and that's great because if I throw that in a per 36 17 If I throw him in a per 36 from the time in 2020 to 2022, he's averaging 20 points per game with 13 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. So that kind of gives you the um, the sense of what he could have been. And when you look at his basketball reference of his accolades, he's only a four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, uh, 2010-11 All-Rookie team. Um, so if we look at his chance of making the Hall of Fame, it's 1.5%. DeMarcus Cousins is not making the Hall of Fame. He goes under like Grant Hill and stuff like that, or players out of what could have been. Um, the next thing... More respect on Jerry West's name. Jerry West is the only player in NBA history to win finals MVP and lose the finals. The year he was finals MVP, 1968-69 season, um, he averaged... Twenty-six points per game, four point three rebounds, seven assists, and they didn't track steals or blocks. He shot eighty-two from the free throw line, forty-seven from the field. Played thirty-nine minutes, and this is my this is um, my thing. I said they didn't cover steals or blocks. Um, until his last year in the league at 35 years old, where he averaged 20 points per game. His last year in the league, he averaged 2.6 steals a game. Now, imagine what he was probably getting, where in his second season, he was at what went from 17.6 points per game his first year to 30.8 his second year in the league. So imagine how many steals he was getting in the league when they weren't even tracking it. I don't know where to rank Jerry West because, yes, uh, the game was different. It was a different 
it was different basketball. It's still basketball, but it was a different game. Um, but I mean, I have no problem putting Jerry West in my top 50 players of all time. That's just me. Chris Paul is not better than Steve Nash or Russell Westbrook. I get it. Point God. I get it. He is not a point God. I said this in the episode of Greatest Passers of All Time. You can, in my opinion, you cannot be a point God and dribble the ball for 20 of the 24 seconds and then get an assist. It's That's not a point God to me. Steve Nash is a type of player where he has no problem giving the ball up. He understands that if he gives the ball up early and advances the ball through the pass and not through the dribble, he understands that he can get it quicker and get into the offense quicker, faster shots, sec- seven seconds or less. Now, Russell Westbrook, on the other hand, came into the league as a shooting guard in a point guard's body and then learned how to be a point guard. I don't care what you say. I am picking, and this might be biased, but I don't care. I'm picking Steve Nash over Chris Paul nine times out of the 10. And I'm picking Russell Westbrook 10 times out of 10 compared to Chris Paul. I get it. I get it. Y'all think y'all, y'all fall in love with Chris Paul. There's parts of Chris Paul's game that I've adapted when I or when when I look at a point guard to see what he can do. I can, there's specific plays that Chris Paul makes where you you know that that player grabbed it from Chris Paul, but he's not better all time than Steve Nash or Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. Sean Marion is a better overall defender than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could guard one through two. He could not guard threes back in the day. He could not guard threes back in the day. I do not care what anyone says. Michael Jordan was 6'4", 180. Let's see how I talk. Let's see how I can read. He is... 6'6", 198. This little skinny, tall kid. Like, you can't... He can't... He he can't defend threes. He could probably defend threes now, but back in the day, he's not. And Sean Marion literally had to guard Shaq, literally had to guard Yao Ming. You literally had to guard Dirk Nowinski, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. These are prime hall like these are the who's who of the four and five position in his time and he was guarding them all sean could switch out on anybody could defend anybody sean averaged a block and it's still his prime years in in phoenix um that's just me though Defensively, I would take Sean Marion over Michael Jordan. And that might be hate, but Sean can offer more to to the defensive end than Michael Jordan can. The next one. Vince Carter 
is a better dunker than John Moran. I know y'all don't want to hear that. And this is more towards the younger generation who only remembers Vince Carter when he was with uh, Atlanta or with Memphis or with Sacramento. Um, But Vince Carter was one of the ones. I've sat and watched an hour-long dunk compilation he is Vince Carter might be Vince Carter might be the greatest in-game dunker of all time Uh, keep a lookout for that episode I got that one coming out too soon but he might be the greatest in-game dunker of all time and John Morant can't hold a candle to this man Dirk Nowitzki is better than Kevin Garnett I think Kevin Garnett's offensive game does not hold a candle to Dirk Nowitzki's game and I think Kevin Garnett's defense isn't better than Dirk Nowitzki's offense and that's just me Dirk averaged a cool 20 plus points per game for his career while Kevin Garnett averaged 17.8. Dirk Nowitzki averaged 20.7 points per game for his career. Um, I think in today's game, he probably would average like 25 a game, something like that. At no point in Dirk's career did he average 30, uh, but he has career highs uh, in points. Let's see, the 50 three-point game, 51, 40s, 35, no 60s, but looks like one, two, one, two, yeah, it looks like two 50-point games, and then the playoffs, 0506 scored 50, first Playoff experience had a career high of 42. Um, he was just, man, you just can't guard. Kevin Garnett can't guard dirt. I'm sorry. Kevin Garnett is an excellent defender, but y'all are asleep. Like, Dirk is 7 feet 245. Like, come on now, let's be for real. Um,. The last one I have on here, there is no reason for Shaq to only have one MVP. Okay, now let me say that again. There is no reason for Shaq to only have one MVP. But yet, I can't find a year where he should have went back to back. The only year I could say is when he won it, when Shaq won it in 99, 2000, I believe. He won in 99, 2000. Um, came back the next year, average one point less. Wow. Point eight rebounds less. Point two blocks less. Point one steals up. 
point one assists down. Led the league in two point percentage of efficient field goal percentage, field goal percentage. So that would have been his chance. But I believe Tim Duncan won it that year. Let's see, when did Tim Duncan win his MVP? When did Tim Duncan win his MVP? Um, well, he won in 2001, 2002. I don't know who won, who won in 2000, 2001. MB, NBA MVPs by year. Let's see. Oh yeah, AI. Thirty-one point one. Why did? Why can't I remember that? Thirty-one point one points per game. Yeah. See. Kobe was right. Shaq was too lazy, and I've been saying that, and I haven't had an issue with that. Um, Shaq had a chance to be probably the greatest center of all time. He's not the greatest center of all time. He's the most dominant center. He said that he said himself that he wanted to be the most dominant. He didn't want to be the best. He wanted to be the most dominant, and that's what he was—the most dominant. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. Of Trust me, wrong by Robert Kersey. I'm about to do volume three for this right now stay tuned everything will be dropping and 30 day posting challenge will be coming up soon if not this will be posted during that 30 day challenge so i'll be in the thick of it when this gets posted either or i'll probably wait until um, yeah i probably won't post anything else until the first um, it's what is it? It's the 26 right now, so we'll see how everything goes. Thank you so much for listening. Anything you didn't like, the fact that I said um, that Chris Paul's not better than Steve Nash or Russell Westbrook, let me know. If you think I shouldn't be respecting Jerry West as much as I do, let me know. If you think KG's better than Dirk, let me know. If you think Shaq should have um, another MVP. Let me know. I know y'all are going to fall for that trap. There should be no reason why Shaq only has one MVP, but I can't find a year that he was supposed to win it. Steve Nash has the right amount of MVPs. If you think that any, anything that I said was incorrect, hit my DMs, swipe up on comments, give me a call, shoot me a pigeon, pull up to the house so that I can inform you. Trust me. You are wrong. Peace. I like that, Rob. Oh my God, I love Rob. <laughs> I love him. Wait, when you.